We're kicking off our fun old-fashioned family Christmas by heading out into the country in the old front-wheel drive sleigh to embrace the frosty majesty of the winter landscape and select that most important of Christmas symbols, holiday phosphorescence. It's that time. Christmas time is here. Everybody knows there's not a better time of year. That sleigh, is on his way. Hello, everyone. This is cheap, lying, no good, rotten, four flushing, low life, snake licking, dirt eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood sucking, dog kissing, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat ass, bug eyed, stiff legged, spotty lip, worm headed, piece of monkey shit, Thoreau Smiley. <laughs> Who's joining me? <laughs> I'm Josh Cece, and if I do lay into you, it's best to just let me finish. And why is the carpet all wet, Alaric Weber? I don't know, Brian Lesh. <laughs> I almost did that. <laughs> Woo! They set it up beforehand. Uh, this is a holiday. Oh, no, it was just it's show business. <laughs> oh, what a business. <laughs> Wait, you can rehearse these things? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> they warned me. That explains why my probably this whole time through. That explains why my off-Broadway play went so badly. <laughs> way off. Way, way off. It's in Arizona. <laughs> Broadway and Alberta. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this is holiday phosphorescence. Uh, we're doing Christmas movies. Um, it's the podcast where... Uh, Usually we watch superhero movies, but uh, for the Christmas season, we're uh, we're humbugging it up and uh, or non un, un humbugging. What's the opposite of a humbug? A humbuggery. A, a ham. A ham bag. I don't know. Um, but a ham bag is that the opposite of a humbug? Um, <laughs> judges. This show is brought to you by patrons. Patrons like executive producers Michael Beckwith and Atticus Burkett. You can be a patron too. Go to patreon.com slash harmless entertainment. We got bonus content there. We got Star Wars shows and other holiday shows. Uh, we've got music shows. Um, we're going to be putting Jingle All the Way up there in a couple weeks for, for the holiday season. That one is only going to be yeah. on the Patreon. Uh, this week, though, on Holiday Phosphorescence, we're watching Christmas Vacation. To be jolly, la 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 After vacationing across America and throughout Europe, this holiday season, the Griswolds are going to play it safe. Clark, we're stuck under a truck! Oops. They're staying at home. I give you the Griswold family Christmas tree. Hope you're not getting sap all over your sweater, Clark. All Clark wants is a quiet, old-fashioned Christmas. Sorry. Oh, got a little knot here. You can work on that. What he's going to get is the gift that keeps on living. Merry Christmas. His family. We didn't come to impose. <laughs> oh, hell, there's plenty of room. Do you sleep with your brother? Do you know how sick and twisted that is, Mom? Well, I'm sleeping with your father. Have you got a kiss for me? Eh, you better take a rain check on that, Art. He's got a lip fungus they ain't identified yet. But no holiday could ever be more deeply touching. We were gonna call, but 
Eddie wanted to make it a surprise. If I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. <laughs> ah, we're really gonna fly down the hill with this stuff. So genuinely moving. Can I refill your eggnog for you? Drive you out to the middle of nowhere, leave you for dead. More truly uplifting. Can I show you something? I'm just blouse browsing. Or more down to earth. Merry Christmas! If Santa is smart, he'll stay well clear of this joint. It's a death trap. <laughs> and Christmas with the Griswolds. Everybody come out quick, look at the lights! They want you to say grace. <laughs> Pledge allegiance to the flag. The United States of America. This year, let Chevy Chase light up your holidays. <laughs> National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That thing had nine lives. She just spent them all. <laughs> you woo, crack up. Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, released December 1st, 1989, with a running time of 97 minutes. It cost $25 million and made $73.3 million. Chevy Chase, bringing home the big bucks for Warner Brothers. Um, he was in his prime. He, he was, was. Still in his prime. Yeah, yeah. Looked, looked good, didn't look so grumpy. <laughs> this was kind of like the tail end of like Chevy Chase's... Um, Rain is like one of the most popular, um, yeah, like movie stars in America. It's true. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll go into that soon. But um, in the meantime, guys, you guys ready to play the box office top ten game? Nineteen eighty nine. Boom. I, I bet we can guess what movie's still holding on. Oh yeah, yeah. Bum 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 bum. Um. That's not how the theme goes at all. <laughs> no, that's Superman. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. I, I ripped it dun, off dun, for dun, our dun. theme. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At number 14, holding in there, Batman. It didn't make the top 10, but um, what? It's in its 24th week. It's still okay. It's still up there. It's still up there. That's what? 24. The uh, That's six months. Six months later, it's still making money. I gave it a lot of money. I gave it a lot of yeah, I it got at least I saw it three three or four times in the theater. I was gonna say I think three. Yeah, I think three. Because I was a kid and you actually had to go somewhere. Yeah. Oh no no. <laughs> <Pay> somebody. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You couldn't just pirate it. Watch it. Yeah. Well, you could pirate it, but you had to like sneak like a camcorder in. <laughs> like Kramer. Yeah, exactly. And in the eighties, they were giants. So. Um, but yeah, this is the game where I'm going to describe the top 10 movies of the week of December 1st, 1989, and the fellas are going to guess it. Um, we'll just jump right in here, guys. Our, the number 10 movie of the week. <laughs> oh, God. An orphan, <laughs> an orphan cub hooks up with an adult male. <laughs> I don't, they should have phrasing. Um, An orphan cub hooks up with an adult male as they try to dodge human hunters. Grinder the movie. Uh, Todd, what is this movie called? This is the Disney movie with the fox and the hound. No, it is not animated. This is live action. Mm. Oh. Gentle Ben. Um, I think it is Disney. Definitely looks Disney. The, uh, (laughs) I remember this. The bear trap. 
the Barrett trap. You almost had it, Josh. <laughs> it's it's just the first part of what you said. Bear. Uh, the bear. <laughs> the bear. No BJ, just the bear. Yes. He's finally on his own. Wait, so a cub and an adult? Bear. And it's called the bear? It's called. Isn't it an adult bear? The bear. Adult I remember when this came out. It's just a live action Bear about movie. a bear. It's just or about bear, a bear propaganda. Yeah, I've been, I've been keeping that. Well, I can't wait for the sequel, <laughs> Cocaine Bear. Yes. Oh my god. Uh, it's on my list of nightmares. At number nine, that I didn't know I had. Right. <laughs> at number nine this week. Oh god, this movie. Okay, I forgot about this. Everyone, everybody forgot about this. While his mom mom recovers in hospital from a heart attack, John puts his busy life on hold to fly home and help his elderly father around the house. John's son later joins them, and they all truly bond for the first and tragically final time. Is Jackie Gleason in this? No, no, no. The, you're th- the Tom Hanks Jackie Gleason movie, but it, yeah. it's got that same kind of vibe. This is Jack Lemon, Ted Danson, and is that Ethan Hawke? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I can't tell who the with kid your is. hawk vision. Um, hmm. the fresh, the freshman, the sophomore. Uh, no, it's it's got a one word title. Um, oh, it's <laughs> bear. <laughs> dad, dad. It's called dad. Dad. Yeah. Yeah. Jack, J- Ted da- Jack. If I remember correctly, this is super depressing because Jack Lemon dies and Ted Danson is like it's the first time him and his dad ever got together well i think it's like you know, from dementia or alzheimer's yeah yes I remember yeah quick, so. i think it's something like that yeah any anything but yeah how do you not remember ted dancing <laughs> i don't Stop know science. How, do you, how do you not remember ted dancing <laughs> Tell me. Show me the way. <laughs> Sounds like a question you'd ask me or torturing someone. Like, how do you talk to an angel? <laughs> Tell me. How do you not forget? <laughs> okay. At number eight, a farm girl nurses a wounded reindeer she believes is one of Santa's, hoping to oh. bring it back to health in time for Christmas. Her holiday spirit inspires those around her, something her disheartened father is having trouble understanding. Yeah, Prancer. Prancer, yeah. Oh, my God, that was... They're really not skimping on the uh, descriptions this week. Um, <laughs> the tagline is, something magical is about to happen. <laughs> That's the beginning of every sex tape. Right? <laughs> Speak for yourselves. Mine are not magical. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at Milk Toast. The sex game. <laughs> at number seven this week, a canine angel, Charlie, sneaks back to Earth from heaven but ends up befriending an orphan girl who can speak to animals. In the process, Charlie learns that friendship is the most heavenly gift of all. All dogs go to heaven. Yep, Don Bluth's "All Dogs Go to Heaven." This was not. I disagree. <laughs> yeah, I have a couple chihuahuas that I'm questioning. I've met some asshole dogs. <laughs> yeah, some dog owners take their dogs with them to hell. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, this was kind of. This was one that I feel like 
is when Don Bluth started kind of having misses. Like he did like an American oh, yeah. Tale and Secret of Nim, Land Before Time, and then then he started getting weird with it. Didn't didn't he do the Billy Joel talking dog one too? Oh, no, that was Disney. That oh, it was Disney. Yeah. Oliver and Company. That's yeah. right. Um. Oh my <laughs> gosh. At number six this week, after a single career-minded woman is left on her own to give birth to the child of a married man, she finds a new romantic chance with a cab driver. Uh, Jesus, a modern retelling. <laughs> um, this is this was a huge hit. It was John Travolta's only real hit since like oh. the disco era. Look who's talking. Look who's talking. He was this. a cab driver. That's right. Yeah. Because she's giving birth. She in gave his birth cab. in his cab. That's right. Yeah. To a little Bruce Willis. <laughs> He's like, yippee ki yay. He's all diehard born hard. Oh, yeah. It's weird, that, <laughs> it's, it's weird that they were both in Pulp Fiction later. Huh. Um, I would like, remember that. I just baby realized movie? Bruce Willis was the voice of the baby. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I forgot that completely. Yeah, could you? Uh, was was Pulp Fiction just a sequel to Look Who's Talking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. There's a lot of those moments with Look Who's Talking. At number five this week. This is a this is a crazy list, by the way. At number five this week, a princess makes a Faustian bargain in an attempt to win a prince's love. Little Mermaid. The Little. Mermaid that could, yes. Uh, um, I'm okay, I'm not gonna say anything. There's no reason to bring up the new Little Mermaid. I just want to talk about the old Little Mermaid. Uh, that's that's what I want to talk about. Let's do some Disney princess movies at some point. <laughs> it can go yeah. on the list. Golden just era saying. of Disney would be interesting, uh, exactly. Though that this is the one that we grew up with, yeah. So let new children grow up with one. Who cares? <laughs> It's fine. I have a, a Little Mermaid lanyard uh, that I use for my uh, work ID. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Because yeah. you're a part of their world. Like, I mean, the new ones, I don't know. The live action Disney's, I don't feel like they add anything that the old ones had, but there's nothing no. wrong with them. Disney's <laughs> got to make money somehow. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> they got people to feed, yo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, at number four this week. During the 1930s, a New York City illegal gambling house owner and his associates must deal with strong competition, gangsters, and corrupt cops in order to stay in business. Gambler. No, this was... This was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is... Uh, I, I forgot about this. This is... Uh, an Eddie Murphy movie. It was one of his first misses, and it's the only movie he made with Richard Pryor, I think. Harlem Nights. Harlem Nights, yeah. Harlem Nights. Getting to the end of uh, Pryor's career there. Um, at number three. Jesus Christ, this list of movies. A young beautician, newly arrived in a small Louisiana town, finds work at the local salon. Oh where a group of women share a close bond of friendship and welcome her into the fold. Shelby, drink <laughs> your juice, Shelby. That's right. But what is the movie called? Because it's not fried green tomatoes. No, no. That's all it's, this popping into oh, my hope, mind. Not Hope Floats. Fuck. What Starring is this Sally Field, 
Dolly Parton, Dolly Parton. Shirley MacLaine, Daryl Hannah, <laughs> Olympia Dukakis, and Julia Roberts. It's not Mystic mm, Box. Uh, what mm. is this? It's Steel Magnolias. Steel Magnolias. Yes. Steel Magnolias. Yes. Weepy, uh, weepy, uh, weepy uh, woman movies from the late 80s and 90s. That's another genre that would be fun. I would love to do those. All those yes. ones we mentioned. Fried Green Tomatoes, Mystic Pizza, Steel Magnolias. Like, yes. Just... Four white guys takes on drama made for women. <laughs> we might written by other white guys. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, the world doesn't have enough white guy takes. <laughs> when are we gonna get our chance to give our opinion? Right. I just want to talk about fried green tomatoes, man. You know, every time movie. every time I yeah. think of the 30-year-old Simpsons joke, I'm a white male, ages 18 to 44. <laughs> Everything I say is important. Mm, nuts yeah, and gum. Everyone, everyone likes what I like. Yeah, nuts and gum together. Together again. at last. Yeah, together at last. Uh, at number two this week. Ah, how the fuck do I describe this without giving it away? Um. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Um. A, a, a sequel to a very popular film. It's an adventure, and it's uh, it's, it's it, Last Crusade or something. No, no, no but it's Ooh, that's 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 the right kind of feel, movie feel. Back to the Future Part Three, two, two, two. two. three didn't come out until the following year, but yes, two, Part Two, yes. Marty and Doc, they're going back to the future. Marty. And number one this week, the Griswold family's plans for a big family Christmas predictably turned into a big disaster. This was the biggest movie. That is still crazy to me. Chevy Chase, man. Vacation was a huge uh, franchise. Chevy Chase was a huge star. Like, I know we like he's made fun of now and considered like a big asshole. But like he was he was he was the most popular SNL alum, period. For, well, and the the physical holiday movie is now kind of a worn out trope, but at this point, it wasn't kind yeah. of novel. I was I was watching this and realizing just how tropey the whole thing was um, with Jude, and Jude was like, well, so, "So this is like every Christmas movie." And I was like, "Well, no, because every Christmas movie is ripping off this Christmas movie, like the bumbling family dad Christmas movie, the comedies. Yeah, this is right. what they are." Ref- Christmas off. with the clumps or whatever yeah, they were called. They're Christmas all riffing off. Pranks. They're all riffing off this Christmas movie. And this movie, Jude's right. It's trope after trope because it's almost little vignettes. Yeah. Uh, you know, shopping is a part of Christmas. Uh, relatives are a part of Christmas. Decorating's a part. You know. Yeah. But it just tight ninety-seven minutes. Mm-hmm. Joke after joke. Absolutely. And essentially, John Hughes rewrote the first one. Right. So yes, this in is in many ways. Yeah, exactly. Let's yeah, let's get into the production. This was written by John Hughes, uh who wrote the first two uh vacation movies also. He wrote National Lampoon's Vacation and European Vacation. Um he was a National Lampoon uh writer in the 70s. Um, yes. And he wrote the first National Lampoon movie, National Lampoon's Class Reunion. Well, that wasn't the first well, one. That wasn't the first one. But he wrote National Lampoon's Classroom. Animal House was the very first one. Yeah. But um, 
In fact, the first vacation started as a series as a series of articles that he wrote um, about taking road trips with his literal family, mm-hmm. and they sort of morphed into the Griswolds. Exactly. Um, John Hughes, of course, is like uh, his his legacy looms large. I just want to I want to list off this run of movies he had in the eighties. This is John Hughes' 80s um, run that he wrote. He wrote all of these. Some he directed, but he wrote them all. Mr. Mom, National Lampoon's Vacation, 16 Candles, Breakfast Club, European Vacation, Weird Science, Pretty Pretty in Pink, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, The Great Outdoors, Uncle Buck, Christmas Vacation, Home Alone. Dang. Yeah. Shaped my childhood. Yeah. And you know what? His 90s aren't as well remembered, but they were just as successful. In the 90s, what, he had Dutch, Curly Sue. Hey, Dutch Dutch is charming, actually. If you love Ed O'Neill, which I do. Curly Sue, Beethoven, Home Alone 2, um, Dennis the Menace, Baby's Day Out, 101 Dalmatians, Flubber, Home Alone 3. um, The last movie... He has any story credit on was Drillbit Taylor, the uh, Damon Wayans oh. vehicle. No, that was Owen Wilson, right? Oh, that's right. That's right. What am I thinking of? He's like a homeless guy who agrees to be a bodyguard. That's right. No, what's, what's the Damon Wayans one where he was a uh, like a an army guy? That's the one I was. Oh, major at. pain. Major pain. Okay, yeah, that's <laughs> what I was getting. But anyways, John Hughes, and can you believe that like? Streaming services and shit consider his movies like cult classics. Right. It's like it's that, like yeah, I get what I get what you mean because they're beloved, but like listen, that dude's resume, like he was a mainstream, he was, badass writing genius. He was probably the premier screenwriter of the eighties, like and do- and doctor. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Along yeah, with yeah. Carrie Fisher, like mm-hmm. those are two people that would take passes at scripts. Notably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were just the ones that he has actual, um, like credits on, like the ones that he like, you know, didn't that he has no credits on that he like doctored is probably twice as long. Probably. Um. Yeah. He <laughs> some unproduced screenplays he wrote. Jaws three people zero. Th- that was going to be his Jaws three script. <laughs> I remember no, hearing about that. That's in the, the title. That was his title for yeah. his for his job. Three, three people zero. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> uh, um. Yeah. The joy of sex. He wrote a um, a screenplay called The Joy of Sex in 1982. Um. Um. Right. Yeah. Uh. He, let's see. He. In the 90s, he had a bunch of ones that never got made. Uh. One just called The Nanny. But um. He wrote. A uh, how the Grinch stole Christmas uh, script, which never got made. Um, I that would have been interesting. Yeah, his take. Yeah, um, he wrote a Disney screenplay called The Bee, which was going to be a feature length Disney movie that um, was going to be directed by Daniel Stern. Was, was it just a live action bee, like the sequel to The Bear? <laughs> no, but is it? It's a valid question because Mr. Bean just released a movie. Rowan Atkinson, his real name is Mr. Bean, <laughs> um, about a bee. Like it's almost like Mouse Hunt. The entire movie is him trying to foil this bee. Hmm. Yeah, I. D- so I wonder if that's what it was like, Al. Yeah, I don't know. Um, 
there was a movie called Tickets that he wrote that never got made, which is just it's a it's a it's a one crazy night movie about teens just waiting overnight in line to get tickets to a concert. He wrote that in the 90s. I love it. Yeah. That's that sounds like it could totally have a slacker, a link later slacker vibe, you yeah. know. The camera just going up and down well, the Well, and he stopped uh, line, and he stopped writing conversations. Yeah, absolutely. And he stopped writing teen movies in the late 80s. So like it would have been really interesting to see his take on a 90s teen movie. But um mm-hmm. So yeah, it was uh John Hughes is really the author of this film. John Hughes and Chevy Chase. And, you know, because there's just Chevy doing bits. So Chevy's persona is really a huge part of the movie, of course. Um, it was. Yeah, I mean, he, he probably deserves at least half, if not more, uh, input to the character of Clark. W. Absolutely. Griswold. Absolutely. Um, if the, even if the lines were on page and he didn't improvise, there's no way John Hughes could have written Clark Griswold the way Chevy does it, if, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was directed by Jeremiah Chechik, who also directed Benny and June, Diabolique, um, the 1990s The Avengers with uh, the British the British guys yeah. doing British stuff. That purple cat suit, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, since then, he's mostly been doing TV, a lot of like Gossip Girl and that kind of shit. Um, it stars Chevy Chase. I feel like we've talked about Chevy Chase before, but I can't I think, think of too. what movie it was. <sighs> yeah, I just don't know. I cannot think of what movie it would have been. That, I mean, we talk about community a lot. We, we do. do. We do, but I feel Maybe like then. we've we I feel like we've talked about Chevy Chase. I Yeah, cuz we've talked about him being like, you know, a blue blood from the East Coast and, you know, like a real preppy kind of Yeah, like I cannot think of what it a was. Musician I, I'm looking was. through his his filmography and like it's i can't find anything that we actually that we did an episode on so i don't know what it was but um you know chevy you started on snl he left after the first year to become a movie star basically um i mentioned i was talking about um off air about the dana carvey uh, uh david spade podcast where they mostly talk to snl alums and people associated with snl in some way um they were talking to lorraine newman on an episode. Awesome. And she was in, you know, in the, in the, uh, auditions for the original cast, it came down to Chevy or Bill Murray. And they went with Chevy. They went with Chevy. Yeah, that's true. He was supposed to be original. So it, it seemed like he joined the cast. What's interesting about Lorraine is that, um, she hadn't been handpicked and she wasn't a part of the lampoon crew she was she was a groundling and an east Co- or west coast performer she was a founding member of the groundlings yeah right as opposed to like lauren just took the national lampoon yeah uh, stage show and just took the, all those yeah people. the lampoon guys and some of some second city well some of, yeah a lot of them were but yeah. like harold ramus was in the lampoon gilda radner yeah you know, well anyway yeah, well, and he continued mining that for years to come. I mean, that's how Conan O'Brien got on SNL because he was the editor of Harvard Lampoon. Um, yeah, I know people that um, are, yeah, that do comedy and improv at Second City and Improv Olympic, and they still do that. He still comes and watches showcases. Mm-hmm. Of course, everyone knows. So it's like that waiting for government vibe. Of like, <laughs> I, I've never been in the room, but I've had 
told, but yeah. Oh, Lauren's coming tonight. Lauren's coming tonight. It's like, it should be a surprise, like a food critic. The the best part of that podcast I listen to is how constantly everybody on there does a Lauren Michaels impression. Everyone has one. I, yeah, almost everyone like, that's worked for him. Dana Carvey's constantly doing it because he can't help. He just does impressions constantly. He's always on. But um, um, he was also, uh, yeah, it was because like Lauren's favorite thing apparently to say is like, you know, we grew up in the wild and our children um, and became civilized. Our children grew up in civilization and are becoming wild. <laughs> so what that All mean? his nuggets of wisdom. Yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, Chevy, of course he was, he left mm-hmm. SNL, became a huge star. He became, he was one of the most popular film movie stars in the world. He was like Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks level movie star. Um, yeah. And, and so many SNL since then members have, have tried to do that exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Some of them succeeded greatly. Most failed, but he did exactly what he said he was going to do. Yeah. Uh, he, he was on the show for a year and he's like, I'm going to make movies. And he made a string of movies immediately. Yeah. So this, these were all huge hits. Foul Play, Oh Heavenly Dog, Caddyshack was, a, you know, that was a little more ensemble. So it wasn't really a him kind of movie. Um, Under the Rainbow, which we never got the chance yes. to do, which I still, I would still love to because that I have childhood memories of that movie. Uh, Modern Problems, uh, Vacation, Deal of the Century, Fletch, European Vacation, Spies Like Us, Three Amigos. Spies Like Us. Yeah, yeah that <laughs> fucking movie, right? And then then he started finally having Funny Farm was kind of where his his star started to, started to fade a little. Yeah, Funny Farm, Fletch Lives wasn't as popular or as good. Christmas Vacation, of course, was great. But then Nothing But Trouble, which was an insane <laughs> fucking movie. Yeah. Um, Memoirs of an Invisible Man. That's where he really started um, having some. Yeah. Um, then, he, then he started doing his like family uh, family movies in the 90s. Uh, Cops and Robertsons, Man of the House, Snow Day. He was funny in Snow Day. <laughs> oh, sure. He's funny in all of these, but that, but they started not being hits and not being as good of films. Sure. Now, we might have uh, gone on a Chevy Chase tangent um, off of Memoirs of the Invisible Man because John Carpenter. Uh, we've done that's, They Live. Oh, that's right. They Live and... Uh, that could be. That might be yeah. it. But, um, you know, Chevy these days is known as like the racist old asshole from Community. That's what the millennial and, and Gen Z view of him basically is. They managed to fuck that up, too. He had a talk show for half a minute, which oh, is a universal joke what now. Was that? Five fabulous weeks of the Chevy Chase show. Three. Three fabulous <laughs> Yeah. The guy in Hollywood you least want to have a conversation with. Yeah. No one wants to talk to Chevy Chase. No, he's a dick. Notoriously, he just makes fun of you. Yeah. Uh, um, Beverly D'Angelo as Ellen Woo. Griswold. Yes. Looking great. My be no no not the first i was gonna say it might be the first set of boobs i saw as a kid on screen um from in the, vacation yeah um either her or animal house i don't know which um her, hers were the first where i was like yeah i want to see her boobs. <laughs> and then you did <laughs> yeah i was like ching um not but, just randos but uh her first film uh credit is in annie hall 
1977. Um, oh, yeah. She was, of course. Oh, we did talk about her before. She was in Every Which Way But Loose. Yeah, she was. She was the love interest in Every Which Way But Loose. I forgot about that. Wow. Beverly D'Angelo? Yeah. She was Echo in Every Which Way But Loose. She was the love interest. <laughs> we talked about mm. it. No. Yeah, we did. No, that was not her. That was. That was Beverly D'Angelo. Um, is was. she still with Al Pacino? She was for decades. Um, she is. Um, currently. Uh, not married to Al Pacino. Oh the, no, no, she is. It. No, no, she's not. She's not. It says they broke up in two thousand three. <laughs> So, oh, that long ago. Well, the love interest in Every Which Way But Loose was Sandra Locke. Yes. Oh, not the lo- no, no, the other one, the love interest for for the side character for what's his face. She oh, the, okay. The hitchhiker. Her, uh, what's her face is dead. Sandra right? Locke looks like her. Who's dead? Oh no, never mind. It's it's not for um the the daughter in this movie from Natural Born Killers. I can't oh, uh, Julia, oh, Julia, Lewis. Julia, Lewis, yeah, yeah, because her dad was in. Any which way but loose. Oh, yeah, but. she was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Juliette Lewis as Audrey. <laughs> this Audrey, third Audrey. Um, <laughs> I love... Yeah, I, I love the bit that the, the kids change every time and they don't even try <laughs> to, like, no. make them match up. They're different ages, no. different... Like, they don't even try. That was, awesome. was a comedic choice that was fucking brilliant. Like, it was a choice and they stuck with it. And it's fun because, like, oh, go ahead, please. Oh, uh, just uh, like the second one, you didn't really notice it was this this movie. Um, that was just like, wait, is that a joke? Because they're of younger the, because of the age difference. Yeah, they switch, movie, right? Yeah, yeah they switch. Age difference. Yeah, yeah. Rusty used to be older than Audrey. Original yeah. Rusty was older. European Rusty was older. Um, yeah, this Johnny Galecki's younger. Yeah, um, Ethan Embry. And whoever plays her in Vegas Vacation, I think they're the same age. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love the switching up. Juliette Lewis is the best Audrey, though. She's I will great. Say. She is a great Anthony Audrey. Michael Hall is probably my favorite. Oh, he's Galecki's. the best for us. Galecki's yeah. fun. Yeah, we'll get to Galecki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Juliette right. Lewis as Audrey, um, her first film role was My Stepmother is an Alien. This is her second film role. But wow. she, of course, comes from... A Hollywood family. Um, Her dad was also in Every Which Way, but loose, like uh, Brian pointed out. So the two people in this movie are connected to that movie. Yes. Glad's yeah. got his fingers everywhere. Exactly. Six degrees of Glide. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Her dad is Jeffrey Lewis, who was, um, was basically the sidekick in a bunch of Clint Eastwood and Robert Redford stuff in the 60s and 70s. Yeah, he often played like the booze hound, yeah, like the Otis Otis type character. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, after let's see, she made oh her big the next big role she had after this was Cape Fear, which is like oh that that fucking oh I want to do that movie at some point. Do you know she didn't know Robert De Niro was gonna lick her face? <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! You need to be warned when Robert De Niro is gonna lick your face. I know people talk shit about Kubrick and Shelley Duvall, but like. Yeah, you need to know if if Robert De Niro is going to get close enough to your face. To if Robert De Niro's tongue is coming at me, I I want I want a heads up. 
<laughs> I want two weeks notice. Yeah. <laughs> I have to put my as is the norm. I have to put my affairs in order. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Um she was one of those like '90s kind of it girls. Um, uh, yeah, what's eating Gilbert Grape? Romeo's Bleeding, California, Natural Born Killers. And we just of course, talked about her last week. Mixed nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, mixed. And we mentioned nuts. she's making a comeback. She's been. In, she's in a few things right now. She at is. Once. She is. And and of course Johnny Galecki, as we said, as Russ. This this year's Russ. Um, this year's Russ. Wait, is his this name Lucky? Is his last name? Or is it Galecki? Galecki. Oh, okay. Johnny Galecki. Probably best known as, uh, was it David from uh, Roseanne? And uh, Leonard from The Big Bang Theory. Yeah, Wait, he's, that's he, Leonard from The Big Bang Theory? I never watched The Big Bang Theory, but I'm He's the main guy the other yeah. than Sheldon. Yeah. He's like the non-spectrum nerd in the group. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> from what I understand. I made the Roseanne connection, but I didn't make the more recent connection. Uh, That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've never seen the show. Big Bang, yeah. Big Bang Theory made this dude never have to work again. He was like making a million bucks yeah. an episode. Oh, yeah. He's on for that like Friends. nine years. Well, and <laughs> Roseanne, too. Thing. Syndication. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. No, Johnny Galecki is. He played his cards ooh, right, man. Fuck, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Do you I'll, think he still gets checks for this movie, too? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, probably. It plays on TV plays every, every year. I think yeah. TBS plays it like constantly. Yeah. Um, if you're we, in anything, go ahead. We've we've seen him before in Hancock. Oh, that's right. Wow. Was he like a friend of someone or like a good? Yeah, not a main guy. Jeremy was uh, what he's credited as, uh, like an evil lawyer or something. <laughs> I forget what was in what even happened in With his vampire oh. penthouse. <laughs> Galecki. <laughs> um, he also right. his first um he was in the a Night in the Life of Jimmy Reardon. I forgot wow. about that movie. I forgot that. Yeah, yeah. Michael Hall. <gasps> so two Rusties, one movie. Uh no, wait, wait, no, that was River Phoenix, wasn't it? Oh, was it? Yeah, I think so. Anyway, anyways, yeah, I think you're right. Um but yeah, no more Galecki. <laughs> yeah, G- Galecki. He was in the Mr. Bean movie, but anyways, <laughs> he was the B. He was he was Bean. Yeah, the B in Mr. Bean. <laughs> was that the oh. Michael Bean, Mr. Bean movie? The <laughs> you guys didn't see the he American was... version. Michael no. Bean <laughs> playing Mr. The Bean. Classic Mr. Bean character, of course. Um, uh, um, he it's was worth a watch. Alaska. He, he was also in Prancer this year. Oh, oh, so he's in uh-huh. he's in two movies on the the top ten. He's having Galecki a- makes the check. Glee. <laughs> he's like everything's coming up. Galecki. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Fuck bitches acquire money. <laughs> um, John Randolph plays Clark Senior. John Randolph, like, uh. Uh, well-known character actor. Uh, I thought he, he was E.G. Marshall. That's crazy. Um, he was the first Frank Costanza. Yes, that's right. Yeah, um, but I mean, course, it, thank God it didn't work out. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, come on. Because Did Jerry he, Stiller was yeah. a national fucking treasure. Yeah. Did he just do one appearance 
I don't know. At I least. think I, I don't remember seeing him. Well, and there was a different Mr. Seinfeld as well yeah. in, in the in the first. I think it might have been the first season, I and think, then they re, retooled. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's he goes way way back. He he had a long career going back to the forties. Uh, he he was um, he was in the Naked City, and uh, let's see, he did a run on Hawaii Five O. Um, so yeah, just character actor throughout the years. Uh, Diane Ladd played Clark's mom. <laughs> that was weird. I forgot about that. Miss, Mrs. Bruce Stern. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I, she's the mother to, uh, what's her name? Ellie Sadler. Um, her oh, famous yeah, daughter, yeah. uh, Laura Dern. Laura Dern. Laura Dern. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I forgot she was in this and when she showed up. I was like, oh shit, Diane Ladd. Um, but yes. Yeah, so, she, of course, has a long career, too. Um, E.G. Marshall as Ellen's oh, dad. I knew he was in it. Yeah. Um, he was uh, the president in Superman 2. Talk- <laughs> That's the last hmm. time we saw him on this show. <laughs> the one who kneels before Zod. Uh, <laughs> and Doris Roberts as Ellen's mom. Um, she, uh, what is she? she she's... Oh, everyone knows Raymond. That's, yeah, everybody that's the loves show. Raymond. I kept trying yeah. to remember what show it was. Everybody knows Raymond. That would have been more appropriate. Everybody has some sort of opinion on Raymond. <laughs> How long do you have? <laughs> yeah, that's um, what she's probably best known for at this point. IMDb uh, has, so they have the known for at the beginning of the list mm-hmm. of credits. Um, the first one is Everybody Loves Raymond. The second is Grandma's Boy. I love that movie, Loki. <laughs> and the third is this one. That's right. She's one of the the roommates who smokes yeah. the bong, right? She's, yeah, she's Grandma Grandma's. They test the video games and stuff too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a fun movie. It was. Uh, let's see. Miriam Flynn as the cousin um, and Randy Quaid. <laughs> and international criminal yes yes international He's a wanted man international supervillain randy quaid as yeah because wanted. wanted <laughs> don't forget that he was nominated for um an award for playing lyndon johnson in 1987 <laughs> Uh, okay. He played Johnson. He played Lyndon Johnson in 1987. Yeah. Wow. Like, what should we do about Vietnam? Shitter's full. <laughs> yeah, and his like his Dennis. I wonder what Dennis thinks of Randy. Honestly, at this point. Um, or even Jack. Like that's his yeah, uncle Randy. Yeah, Jack Quaid. Like Jesus. You're like, oh, it's Uncle Randy again. Look at this fucking guy. I mean. <laughs> I'm sure all of us have an Uncle Randy somewhere in our family. I mean, I have he, an equivalent. He, what's but. funny is that Randy Quaid is the Quaid family's um, equivalent of Cousin Eddie, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. Um, but yeah, he, uh, Randy Quaid, um, his first movie was The Last Picture Show. <laughs> Forget that he used to be like an actual actor. Yeah, he was great in that, actually. Yeah, he was. He was great in that. He was great in Paper Moon. Did um, Hollywood destroy him or what happened? I mean, the rest with, of the quids are okay. So I have to feel I it think was drugs. 
He has I the Homer Simpson effect of he just keeps getting dumber over time. Yeah. Um, he and this woman, I don't know if it's his wife, but she's also wanted. I, I think they got into drugs. They definitely I mean, are. Like they definitely, if not, yeah. if not, just to I, give I them mean, the like benefit of ones, the doubt, like meth or crack. Like, yeah, it, it seems like it's one of the Dennis does coke. These guys do fucking carpet rocks. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last movie, uh, he was in was in 2018. So he, he got a job at least in the last few years. What was that movie? It's called all you can eat. He played a character named Gordon. Was it produced by the daily wire? (laughs) Uh, It seems to be like a little indie movie. Um, But yeah, prior to that, like the last movie he was in was in 2009 balls out. Gary, the tennis coach. Um, we've talked about him before on Independence Day. I'm That's right. Having trouble. Was that our first monthly movie? That was our first monthly movie. Yep. Independence Day. Wow. Um, yeah. So we got uh Cody Berger as um little uh Rocky Eddie's son. Uh Ellen Hamilton as Ruby Sue, William Hickey as uh the, the great William Hickey is uh, Clark's uncle. Um, he was the voice on of uh, the the doctor on Nightmare Before Christmas. Doctor Finkelstein. Finkelstein, yeah. Um, his ooh, yeah, he goes way back. He was. We brought it up last week, but he's great in My Blue Heaven. Yes. I be- yeah, I believe he's in that. Yes, yes, he is. Um, he, was in he the- owns a pet store. His front is a pet store. That's right. That's right. He was in the Jerky Boys movie, and he was in Major Pain. Hey, look at that. It's coming full circle. And Mouse Hunt. <laughs> it's uh, it's a flat circle. Um. Anyways, Uh. yeah. And then Mae Questall is Bethany. Aunt Bethany, Um. another character actress going, going back years. She was born in 1908. <laughs> Fantastic. I was working working before talkies. She played Betty working B- for a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Um she played she was a she was the voice of Betty Boop in the old Betty oh, Boop cartoons. Wow. You can hear it. You can definitely yeah. hear it. The little squeakiness. Yeah. Because she's hilarious and adorable in this. Absolutely. And if you look at her old pictures, like her, like her old flapper type pictures from like the 20s, she looks like Betty Boop in her youth. My grandpa was Betty Boop. <laughs> Giant head. Was around. Uh, My mom I was. Bet you, yeah. I bet you he knew exactly who she was. Probably. <laughs> probably. Yeah. She's probably a big time uh, celebrity if you were, you know, I, I don't know, a naval teenager. I watched recently a quick interview with the cast of Always Sunny, and they talked about the old lady pianist from Nightman Cometh. You know, oh, the yeah. old ladies. Yeah, she's great. They were, they were like 75 to 80% of what she said was improvised. Like her interactions with Charlie, and she's like, you're rude, and you look like like it was all from this 96-year-old. <laughs> That's amazing. Ad-libbing um, lines. Um, so... Uh, yeah, we still are on the cast. This cast is stacked. Um, Sam McMurray. Uh, sh- wait, she was olive oil too? Oh, that makes sense. I didn't that see that, but that sense. totally makes sense. Okay. Um, Sam McMurray as uh, Cl- Bill, Clark's <laughs> co-worker. Like, uh, Sam McMurray, another character actor extraordinaire. 
Uh, he was in Freaks and Geeks. Um, he was on the Tracy Ullman show. He oh, was in right. that. He was in that rep company. That's right. My favorite is Glenn from Raising Arizona. Yes, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my! God. I don't know Glenn. I guess it's kind of funny. <laughs> um, let's. Yeah, he was in Adam's Family Values, um, Sunshine State. Uh, he often plays the slick '80s con man type, yeah. like what that '80s image of a slick talker kind of was. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, his. Oh my God, he was he, he was in every TV show ever, as far ever. as I can tell. Um, Did he ever make it onto The Simpsons? Oh, wow, interesting question. I don't know because again, he was in that rep company, and half of that company got a job on The Simpsons. Yeah. Um, let's see. He was, yes, he was the first ever guest star on The Simpsons. I don't know for him. I don't know. Let me see. (laughs) Santa's little helper. (laughs) Uh, He played, uh, oh, he was Gulliver Dark, SNPP employee, and a Duff commercial voiceover. So he's the guy that did Duff, get Duff. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, he was in one episode of The Tick with, uh, uh, yeah, what's his name? Patrick Warburton. <laughs> yeah, Patrick Warburton. He was the immortal uh, in one episode. That's fun. Yeah. Um. So Julia Louis Dreyfus, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> as uh, another national treasure. Yeah. Yeah. As Margot Margot Chester was the character's name. Julia Louis Dreyfus. Um. I thought we got Seinfeld alum and every which way but loose alumni. This is the crossover. <laughs> oh, and she was on SNL too. She was yes. on SNL the same season as Anthony Michael Hall, who played Rusty in I the first. The first one. She met and she met her husband on SNL, Brad Hall. Yep. Yeah. And he pops up every now and then, but I don't think he needs to work. <laughs> no, I have, a, I have a sneaky hunch. He has a golden goose at home. Contessa, Contessa Valentino. Uh, yeah. We yeah we yeah, just she's we, taking over the world with just her Seinfeld residual payments. Yeah 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 yeah. We just talked about her on Black Widow. Um, then of course, uh, let's see, Nicholas Guest as uh, Todd Chester, her husband in the Todd. <laughs> Todd. Um, he, John, John Hughes already knew what a joke. Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he he looks super familiar, but I'm looking through his uh his yeah, filmography, and I like don't know, I don't see anything that I really would have known him from. Um, yeah, yeah. This well, he plays the perfect yuppie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Perfect yuppie. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. So then, of course, Brian Doyle Murray as Frank Clark's boss. Talk What's about- hilarious is he's been working with Chevy since the stage show, the National Lampoon stage show, like before any of them were famous. So mm-hmm. I, I bet their dynamic is pretty fucking interesting because, you know, Caddyshack, all kinds of shit. Like, I bet that's one guy in the world that can tell him to shut the fuck up. And I bet he does. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, Brian Doyle Murray, man, that like. Bill Murray's brother, Caddyshack, Scrooge, Ghostbusters 2, Groundhog Day. Um, um, get a Life with Chris Elliott. Yes, yes, absolutely. 
Uh, in fact, like this character, like the vitriol in his eyes mm-hmm. when when he looks at Clark. I just feel like that's natural. I feel like there's no acting. No, no. I feel like that's the way he looked because he's older than uh, a lot of those guys. I think he legitimately enjoyed being a dick to Chevy. Yeah, the contempt was real. Do you think? Do you think Bill passed him a little extra? He's like, here's a couple extra hundred dollars. Just be an extra dickhead to him today, please. I don't think he had to. (laughs) Right, and Bill, it was a different situation. You know, they were peers. You know, it's like. Two buddies in a gang or two buddies in a club fighting each other. But Ryan Doyle already had already earned chops. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. Oh, and he, was, he, he worked with Julia Louis-Dreyfus again. He he was the Bubble Boy's dad on Seinfeld. <laughs> Moops. <laughs> no, you know what's hilarious is that that was real. The Moops was yeah, an actual that's misprint, a real Larry, a trivial yep. pursuit. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. So um, that rounds out our cast. Um, um, Mary, the attractive woman in the store. Oh, her yeah. last name is Scorsese, but I couldn't find any relation. Hmm. Uh, yeah. I. Uh, the one trivia, the one bit of trivia on IMDb is that she is not related to Martin, Martin Scorsese. Scorsese. <laughs> yeah, it is a common uh, Sicilian Italian name. Yeah, she was uh ooh, in yeah, in not many good movies. Um so um yeah, so What's funny is that most of my life I thought she was Paulina Porskova. Oh, huh. The model Rick Ocasek's wife. Is, yeah, uh, that's interesting w- because widow. because cause it, it was Christy like Brinkley, it. right, in the first one. Yes. So I thought it was another supermodel only Okay, today, I'll admit it. Today I found out it wasn't Paulina. <laughs> <laughs> okay that's the cast though you're right yeah um that is our cast oh and the uh the parade announcer was doug llewellyn from the people's court um, <laughs> oh who was the cop who was the, who was the chief oh, the SWAT. was like if i had a rubber hose <laughs> <laughs> that's alexander folk okay. um yeah he looked like uh family matters what was the name Reginald Bell Johnson. <laughs> he did. Yeah. He did. Also a Chicago cop. Um, yeah, this is, yeah, this is his biggest, well, let's see. He was also, mm, he was in death at a funeral. Hmm. Um, Fright night part two, <laughs> naked gun two and a half. Uh, I think he's like, you know, has three lines in a ton of movies. Right. We do have reviews. Ah, we have course. reviews. 89. It has 70% on rotten tomatoes. And okay. it was reviewed by Siskel and Ebert. Okay. All right. Wait, real quick, guys. Hey, thumbs up or thumbs down or mixed? I'm, I'm going to say two thumbs up. I'm I'm going to say it's split. I think Siskel goes down and Ebert goes up. Okay. That's my vote, too. Al? Uh, that works for me. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> just a fun little uh, game. All right. Let's see. Chevy Chase tries to survive a family get-together in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It's one of five new movies we'll review this week on Siskel and Ebert, and I'm Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times. And I'm Gene Siskel of the Chicago Tribune. Our first film is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and unlike the other two films in this series, this one isn't even remotely funny. It also lacks enterprise. It's the only film in the series where the Griswold family doesn't go anywhere. They stay stuck in their suburban Chicago home. 
some vacation. I only laughed twice out of perhaps 100 attempts at humor in this picture, and one of them was when Chevy Chase lights up his house with Christmas lights. There are a lot of lights. In fact, it looks like the sun is in that neighborhood. But other than that, the humor is all of the nerdy in-law, nerdy neighbor variety. There's no comic energy in the story. The Griswolds can be funny when they go on vacation, but not here when they stay stuck at home. Well, I probably laughed more than twice, and I would probably give it a better review than you would, but I can't recommend it. And it seemed to me that what we had here were all the elements and they just weren't quite firing. For example, when the in-laws turn up, they're not very funny, and they're not really differentiated, and they're not really made very interesting. They're just and, standard uh, joke in-laws, I mean. Yeah, yeah, in other words, nothing is really done with them. And uh, the whole business of how he gets trapped in the attic, you can see how that could lead to a whole series of physical gags, but really, they don't quite pay off. And over and over in the movie, I kept thinking, Gosh, it's here. They just give it that extra push. Maybe it's the director or... Well, I'll or, tell you, the director comes... Who the director just couldn't quite get it over the it's top. It's a first-time director uh -huh. who comes from making TV commercials, and he doesn't make the transition very well. In addition, I thought... I mean, I really didn't like the film and felt disappointed in it because they can be funny on vacation. Why not take them on a trip again? Mm -hmm. It works twice. Why keep them stuck at home in one location? Uh, I thought of Cannonball Run 2, where they didn't have the energy or the <coughs> wherewithal to take the people on a real cross-country trip. Yeah. Why not take these people on I'm a trip? I'm not sure that's why they didn't go on vacation here, but I wish the movie had gone a little bit more somewhere than where it went. Okay, so two down. Two thumbs down. I think that was Brian. One. I said two thumbs up. I was, oh, man, wow. I was way wrong. So, uh, I, I mean, is it just me or did Gene Siskel always misunderstand the conceit of any film he was watching? Every time. He's every like time. devil's advocating. He wanted them moving around and he didn't understand that it's a vacation. The kids are out of school. He has some time yeah, off. He was like, People are traveling to him. The whole conceit is about what a holiday can do <laughs> to the dynamics. No, I'm head. beginning to think Gene Siskel's never seen a movie. So we've had two vacation movies with them on a trip. Right. The point of the third one was they're not on a trip. That's they're the point. They're not on a trip. Yeah. Well, and, and it opens with them on a trip. Yeah, it does open with them on the, the road. Yeah, yeah, that's true. On the road with a classic. Yeah. And as for the attic scene. Yeah, there's some very, you know, Harold Lloyd, Buster Keaton, obvious. But the reason that scene is important is he finds the old films and he watches those Christmases with the people that are there mm -hmm. visiting yeah. who he's complaining about. But he's watching these movies saying, oh, no, look, look this was beautiful. These people are so glad. You know, that was the problem. But I guess Gene only saw like boards hitting his head. <laughs> Roger's like, it was a pointless scene. Uh, no, it brought the humanity back for Clark. He was starting the, to lose it. There were a lot of uh, subtle, not gags, uh, not laugh out loud humor bits sprinkled mm -hmm. throughout with the in-laws, uh, just with the family, mm -hmm. um, the, the, the core family as a whole. Um, I'll get to those throughout it yeah it wasn't quite the laugh fest as the first two but no. subtle heartwarming christmas humor yeah a little this vignettes. is supposed to be heartwarming because it's a holiday movie and well and i mean this and it definitely it, it it's a little less edgy than the first two the first two were both r-rated this was pg-13 um yep. and it's uh that you can feel it like he was aiming towards a little more family friendly this time you can definitely see it. 
Um, but also, you know, it's it. I I kind of see the point with the parents. There wasn't a whole lot of differentiation in the characters, but the dads, I think there were with the moms. Well, and sorry, go ahead. I was going to say the moms were basically interchangeable, but with the dads, like one was the nice guy dad and the other was the in-law who doesn't like him. But they didn't get much to do. That was also subtext, though. You know, like behind every man is a capable woman kind kind of thing. And so, you know, uh, his mom, her mom, Ellen, they're less wacky, for lack of a better word. But if all of them were more wacky, like Gene and Roger wanted, it would not be believable. This is believable when you think it's a good idea to invite your family to your home for a holiday because you're thinking of all the beauty of it. And then you see the dynamics of like, you don't get to choose your family. You have to deal with your family. It's been quite a few years since I watched this and you know what the parents really reminded me of and what I kept thinking of throughout this film is Mm. um, the the in-laws coming in 16 candles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very similar. <clears throat> and and in that, like you said, that was rated differently. So some of the comments were crude, mm-hmm. like her grandpa noticing her boobies and stuff. But <laughs> yeah, John John Hughes was good at writing that generation. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because he that's who he grew up under. From the perspective of young people, too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. How, yeah. How weird and creepy they are right down to like, if you rub my foot, you'll get a quarter. Like, just like he's all, he's already thinking of how he can get out of that. You know, just, <laughs> it's very natural. It's not meant to be wacky. Like my first. Al, Al is right. Why would you do the same thing twice? And, Three times. and then, a, then a third time. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to just go for it here because I don't know if we're going to recognize when we get to it. But the thing that one of the things that made me laugh the most was the grandpa laying in the bed reading Sassy magazine. Yes. <laughs> By flashlight while his wife slept. Yes. And the other grandpa is staring at that poster on the ceiling. Yeah. Yep. And- <laughs> the grandparents in the teen rooms was, was funny yes that yeah they mind that for a lot of really good jokes and if you've ever had to give up your room for an adult relative oh. like it's such a bummer it's i'm sleeping bummer. with my brother <laughs> yeah. oh. is i'm a teenage girl sleeping with my middle school age brother this is oh, gross <laughs> he just said i couldn't come to the phone because i was in the bathroom <laughs> Uh, so, all right, you guys ready to jump into the movie? Yeah, play ball, <laughs> play ball. <laughs> Still, all right. This is Christmas Vacation. We open with an animated credit sequence. I'm kind of glad that this has fallen out of fashion because I I find them to be a little bit tedious personally. Mm. But it's an homage to classic Christmas stuff um yeah specials stop motion the specials yeah peanuts that kind of thing guardians of the galaxy we just had the guardians of the galaxy christmas special open with rotoscope animation oh yeah yeah that's true it's a christmas Um, thing it is it is it's a good point did we get our uh first ever shot of santa's butt crack (laughs) well maybe yours yeah i mean i've been (laughs) I stay up. I make the cookies special for Santa. I saw mommy fisting Santa Claus. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I said what I said. Um, oh, it's, my God. It's a great uh, Mavis staple 
she's singing the song, which is awesome. Yeah. 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 Cool that they have uh, an explainer song. Yes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it's no holiday road, but they couldn't do holiday road because that's about traveling. Yeah. That was for the people like Gene, but Gene wasn't paying attention. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, yeah, they uh, cut to the Griswolds. They're driving out to get a Christmas tree out in the woods. I don't think you can just go cut down trees. Like, I don't think (laughs) that's a lot. I mean, not with that attitude. (laughs) Or in the suburbs of Chicago. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they're they're a couple of hours out of Chicago, right? Don't they say that we're a couple of hours? Yeah, they are. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. But um, I still don't I think feel- you're allowed to just go find a tree and cut it down. <laughs> the largest one. No. And do not- the Griswolds do anything they're allowed to do, though? I sure. feel like they were on their way to that Christmas tree lot. Um, and then he was just disgusted with all their trees. Like they weren't good enough. He wanted mm. that perfect tree. So they trekked mm. out into the woods. That makes hence, sense. Hence why he doesn't have a saw. I, I bet there was a, uh, I bet there was a scene cut out of them being at the lot and him not liking any of them. But that that, yeah, that does explain the lack of saw. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they uh yeah, there's hijinks, <laughs> of course, Griswold family hijinks. They highway could, hijinks. Highway hijinks. Yeah, with the, the attitude of a dad. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna put up with that. Yeah, that white boomer dad attitude. (laughs) Don't let anyone pass you because it's a sign of aggression. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. They must be passed back. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and then they get the tree. Apparently, he had shovels, though. I guess because they dig it up and strap it to the car. (laughs) Yeah, that's always the question. They just rocked it back and forth until it came out. (laughs) <laughs> this giant fucking tree uh, with a stout, stout trunk. I, I just love that they move right past all of the logistics of how you would get that tree out of the ground. Yes, oh, yeah. which is yep, brilliant. Why would you waste time with yeah. that? It's funnier to imagine Clark's ingenuity. Yes. Unnecessary ingenuity would probably have been far simpler to go. And um, in the first one, um, uh, Ellen said, "Are you happy, Clark? She's deaf after the gunfight." The, the second one is, "Are you happy now, Clark? She's dead." And in this one, her eyes have she's blind. Yes, her eyes are frozen. She can't see the yeah. tree. Her eyes are frozen. Her eyes are frozen. She'll, um, she'll see it later. <laughs> yeah. Um, we cut back to their house. The next door neighbors are arriving home. They don't like the Griswolds. And uh, they mock Clark for the tree he chose. Um, I, I love the. I'll, I'll. What does he say? I'll show you where I can where I can put it. Bend over. Not, and I'll show you where I can yeah, put it. Not to you. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't and talking to you. Just the slow pan to her character, and then her he, husband says nothing. Then he silently lowers his hockey mask. And raises the things <laughs> above his head. Yeah. Like, no. 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 Leatherface face. style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is so. That's a big dick energy. No, right no. There. Say what you will. They Chevy work. Chase is a master of of physical comedy. Yes, yes, he is. Even today. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird that they were harping on this being full of just slapstick comedy. I don't know it's what Chevy Chase. else you he would got, get. Yeah. He, he got famous on Saturday Night Live for falling downstairs. Right. Yeah. That was his. First that was his. Bit. Ger- <laughs> and that was his Gerald Ford impression. Yes. <laughs> his only impression was saying, "Hello, I'm Gerald Ford," and falling down the stairs. 
It's still <laughs> so funny, though, to oh, this yeah. day that holds up. Absolutely. It was my understanding there would be no math <laughs> in a debate. Um, uh, yeah, so they put up yeah, the tree so, in the living room. It's pretty. Oh, big. which reminds me, I'm sorry. A, a pretty funny line is when they're still at the field, and uh, Johnny Galecki's like, "That that won't even fit in our yard, Dad. It's not going in our yard, Russ." <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> That night in bed, we get all this stuff with the sap. <laughs> a lot, little full, a lot of sap, a little full, a lot of sap. <laughs> um, yeah. Classic Chevy. Yeah. Um, Clark and Ellen talk about how both their families are coming for Christmas and how important a big family Christmas is to Clark. Then the next day at work, Clark tells his coworker how important his Christmas bonus is, as he's already paid for a swimming pool to be installed at his house. <laughs> Yep. Now, the, deposit. the down payment, only the down payment, just the down payment. But also, okay. So this is. Some, but it was all he had. Yeah. Yeah. This is seventy five hundred. Is that it? Seven thousand. Yeah. Seven thousand five hundred. Yeah. This is some classic. Um. Um. John Hughes, like, <laughs> like, we're not like we're not rich. We're just living these giant houses in the suburbs of Chicago. Kind of. This is home the alone shit. Whitest middle class plot element ever and when yeah like christmas story they're like struggling to feed the family yeah and this one he's right. struggling to pay for the pool <laughs> like yeah this is some real 1980s like boomer economy <laughs> type story stuff for sure um yeah so uh yeah we meet his boss who's mean and out of touch but clark did make some sort of thing for cereal to keep it correct it's a non-nutritive cereal varnish it's it's edible varnish is what he invented yes it keeps the uh cornflakes from getting soggy yep even in the first one he says he's in additives not preservatives (laughs) (laughs) um then we cut to clark shopping for ellen he's doing a bit he's doing a classic chevy chase he finds a girl attractive bit Yep. Uh, he does a lot of those throughout the years. Um, th- that to me is the one thing in these movies that, yes, is a mainstay, but God, it does not age well. Jude was just absolutely baffled by this. And he's like, why do they always do this in these old movies? Like, did men just never see boobs? And I was like, eh, kind of. Because it's not <laughs> funny now, you know, but it, I get the humor of like, puritanical whatever values but god it just ages well, so weird i don't know in these particular movies i think it has more to do with clark than the exploitation uh, you know like the way <laughs> the weird way uh married men act around other women they find attractive yeah well and just like the hypersexualized nature of men's brains right also. well and, yeah no i mean married men's brain yeah, yeah. married men's brain. yes and uh, speaking weir- as a single man Hey, the nervousness hey, comes off, from. Guys. No, the nervousness comes from. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. For me, for me, if I'm around an attractive woman and moons there, the nervousness comes from. Don't do anything that makes it seem like I'm attracted to her. Do anything. I'm not. I like it's fine. Like there's no like actual danger here, but I have to make sure I don't look at the wrong place. Luckily, I'm reaching the age officially where my wife's like, nobody wants that. <laughs> well, no, no. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. 
<laughs> Moon isn't threatened. I would just have to get shit about it for months. Like, remember those boobs you looked at? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember. <laughs> sure do. Sometimes it's worth Locked him away in the old spank bank. Yep. <laughs> like we used to have to do. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's, it, it comes from a time where you couldn't like just, you didn't have access to looking at boobs in your pocket at every second. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so uh, back at home, the family arrives. Chaos ensues. Wait, was that a lingerie kiosk, by the way? <laughs> I mean, it was a, it was a department store. It was a counter store. in a department store. Like a classic so, yeah. kind of JCPenney oh. department store. A lingerie counter. Yeah. Yeah, because he brought um, her. He bought her a bra for Christmas for some reason, which is a weird thing. That's that's a, okay. Yeah, let's unpack that. That's a weird present to get for your wife for Christmas, unless she specifically asked for a specific bra. That's a weird thing to get her. It's kind of like buying your wife a vacuum cleaner. Yeah, I've had to buy underwear for my wife. I mean, I but it uh, was it a gift. Yeah, and a bra is not a matching set of something. Cute. He bought her one bra, and it wasn't yeah. like that sex. Like it didn't feel like a bra is more of a functional. I, I think he nervously bought that panties. bra. I think after the uh, when Russ saw when it. Rusty, okay, that makes a lot more sense actually. And after all of his awkward innuendo that he could not quite explain, That's right, because he never like, uh, just wrap it up. Because <laughs> he never like, even okay. gave it to her. He was hiding no. it so he wouldn't have, so she wouldn't see it. And then he hung it on the tree later. Oh my god, that makes so much more sense. Okay. That's fu- so one of my favorite parts of this whole interaction is when she says her name is Mary and he goes, no shit. No shit. That's the one moment where he, I'm, where I'm like, you know what? Maybe he could spark an affair with this conversation because that was relatively smooth. That was funny. Yeah. Yeah. No, let's not forget. Chevy played a ladies man often. And he's oh, a good yeah. looking dude for the time. You know, yeah. he's tall. He's, he's a handsome guy. Yeah. Smiley. He's funny. He had that weird, like leathery, like thing that chicks dug in the seventies and eighties. I guess they probably still do dig it, but I don't know. We don't see movie stars with it anymore. They're all buff. He spends his summer on a sailboat. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So you were saying the in-laws arrive. I I just want to point out the like the mini scene before they do um, that the family is all occupied by themselves in very peaceful relaxation. Mm -hmm. I love that Clark's pretending to wear the beard in front of the mirror. That's adorable. But like almost like a dog whistle or a premonition people in the house start to be like (laughs) looking around and and then they descend. It's just a great moment of like the peaceful calm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the the doorbell ringing, and then it slows down. Mm-hmm. The doorbell slows down. Yep. Yeah. Ominously. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, then Clark and Rusty begin putting up the Christmas lights on the outside of the house. Um, <laughs> we get we get Jeffy Chase doing physical bits for about ten minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. They eventually get it done, and that oh happens. the the neighbors uh, make a comment uh, that they want uh, was it Margot? Yeah, I, I, wish, he, I wish that I wish that he would fall and break his neck. And Todd is like, Todd. or or the or vice versa. It's like, oh, he'll definitely fall, but we're not lucky enough for him to break his neck. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And when he slides down the ladder, 
he does that like look around thing to make sure nobody <laughs> saw him and and then he does this like this like all right all right i got this <laughs> yeah um yeah so that night um he tries to plug the lights in but they don't turn on and clark can't figure out why uh then we get the whole bits with them sleeping russ and andre having to sleep together uh, the next day while hiding the bra in the attic. Uh, Clark gets locked in the attic all day while the family goes out shopping. He spends his time watching old films of childhood Christmases from the 50s. That night, between himself and Ellen, they accidentally... Oh, the I'm sorry. One of my favorite subtle gags was he's hiding the, the presents. I thought he was hiding them... Um, not to from. He was just hiding them from the family. Like these yeah. are Santa's gifts that are going to come down. But he finds the little package that says "Mother Happy Mother's Day, 1983." Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> After Josh pointing out that he bought the bra in a panic and wasn't intending to give it to Ellen, it makes much all of that those bits make much more sense. I wonder what sales girl he was flirting with in 1983 that he had to buy something from. Yeah. Uh um yeah so they uh there's the whole bit with getting the christmas lights working with the switch in the uh in the uh laundry room or the back room whatever that is the garage the utility garage, room utility room yeah yeah um and of course ellen fig- figures it out yeah of course um clark's overjoyed the family's impressed however then cousin eddie and his family show up <laughs> Hang on. Um bit of bit of trivia. Uh when the lights went on and off a couple of times and he couldn't get it to work, he starts uh beating up the, the Santa and the, the reindeer. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I love that part. I love it. He punched punch. <laughs> he punched the Santa and he actually broke one of his fingers. Wow. Oh wow. Uh and that's why he started like kicking more. Um, but they kept that take. Hmm. It's so hilarious, though, to start by punching the little plastic Santa in the face. Uh, Good for did him. They, did they cut those pieces of the reindeer apart so it would fall apart as easily as they did? I imagine. They, like, they like crumbled on impact. I imagine after he He's broke his finger, dude. they were like, let's make this a little easier on him. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he starts doing the kind of sputtering Clark thing that he does. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 75% of this movie was Chevy Chase going, ah, ah, ooh, ah, ah. So from here on, his reactions and interactions with Eddie are some of his best. Yes. <laughs> some of Chevy's best. Clark and Eddie. So, so sincere. Clark and Eddie is an incredible comic pairing. Incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they're there in an RV, which they drove from Kansas. Meanwhile, back at his job, Clark still hasn't gotten his Christmas bonus. He's starting to get worried. Uh, then they go sledding. Clark applies a super slick cooking oil. It makes him go too fast. And Chevy Jesus does a lot of whoa for a while. Oh, I love it. And Eddie's like, you know, I got this plate and blah, blah, blah. It could, you think it'd make a difference, Eddie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, if. If this gets, it goes right under my part. So if it gets dented, my hair is just going to look weird. 
weird. Um, I liked how uh, in the previous scene uh, they mentioned the daughter and son, uh, Eddie's daughter and son from the previous movie. They did. Uh, from the verse vacation um, that the girls in the clinic for uh, drugs, wild, wild turkey. That's what, oh, that's what, uh, he, right. that's what he said. Yeah. Yeah. They, and, and, the, and the son is training for his career in the carnival. Yeah. Carnival. They, they didn't, they didn't like swap out the kids like they did with Russ and Audrey. They were the actual still real. Well, kids. and in, in Vegas vacation, the old, the older blonde who was played by what's her name? Jenna, Jane Krakowski. She's a stripper now in, in Vegas vacation. That's yeah. the same blonde character, but yeah, totally. And in the first one, um, uh, Catherine is pregnant and she's Eddie says I can quit one of my jobs when the third baby's born <laughs> yeah they just keep they just keep making them yeah they do uh, they do rubber uh, sheets and gerbils <laughs> <laughs> so amorous yeah that goes under the radar there remember the gerbil thing oh, <laughs> it was a thing Richard Gere, right? That was that was. I believe it. that's the first time I heard it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I heard it from. Yeah, as Richard. And then Gere. obviously pop culture adopted it. Somewhere. Then there was a, um, God, after Richard, there was someone else after Richard Gere. I feel like like <laughs> Pee Wee Herman or something because of the jerking off. I don't remember. There was someone else, but um, yeah, Richard Gere was anyway. the first. But uh, yeah. So then uh, that night, Clark fantasizes about his pool. Uh, okay, so Eddie incepts him. Yes, he does. Right? He's looking at his own fantasy, his own version of perfection. Then it's ruined by Eddie entering the fantasy, which happens to all of us. Like, oh, damn, it just got ruined by this. Yeah. But he acknowledges Clark and waves at him. <laughs> yeah. So in his, in his own fantasy, not only is Eddie there to foil it, he's aware of Clark dreaming. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's inception. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, he has a heart to heart with Eddie's daughter about Santa. And about not saying bricks. <laughs> yeah, that bit is that's that's the line that I remember the most from the movie over the years. It's he shit bricks. Hey, we shouldn't say that word. Sorry. Shit rocks. <laughs> yeah. And Andrew, Andrew brought something up. She's a little incredulous about that joke, but I, I kind of thought of it as like she sees um, Clark as, as very smart and very learned and all that shit. So she assumes that she used brick incorrectly, that Clark is so smart that he's like, no, what you want to say is rocks. Shitting is the only word she's ever heard yes. <laughs> for going to the bathroom. Uh, maybe i made that up but it's it, it's fun it makes sense it makes sense um shitters full shitters full yeah shitting gotta take a shit yeah shitting he's shitting we're shitting <laughs> to shit the verb conjugate the verb to shit um so, or not to shit <laughs> that that's the question uh, i shat I shot. Therefore, <laughs> I, shit. I came. I shot. I got it. Shit. Yeah, shat, shunk. Um, shunk. <laughs> to have shunk. Um, so the next one. He, well, he finds out they have no Christmas and that they were flat out told there was no Christmas, yeah. but there wasn't one the year before either. Yeah, they didn't get squat last year and uh, 
that they're worried that Santa isn't coming. Yeah, exactly. And, and Clark, the eternal father, huge heart, idealist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's troubled by that. Yeah, not mad at Eddie, troubled by it. Yeah, exactly. Um, the next morning, Eddie dumps his chemical toilet into the sewer. He and Ellen agree to help Eddie out with buying his kids Christmas presents. Uh, we learn. I love. Yeah, there he is. I love that he's constantly picking through the trash that Clark has put out there <laughs> yeah. to see what's usable. <laughs> yeah. Um, it comes up later, but yeah. I love the bit where they're walking through and he keeps putting more and more dog food on in the cart. Yeah. And Clark puts something down on top of it and Eddie just drops another bag of dog food and <laughs> just, crushes it. Yeah. And this is before the conversation of Clark's going to help them out. Yeah. So, you know, Eddie's just assumed we're at the grocery store, we're at the Walmart, you know. We're going to buy I'm getting my groceries. 40 pounds of dog food. But even if he could afford it, nothing for the kids. Yeah. so much. Oh, he did mention uh, when we when he introduced Knotts that he was the pride and joy of the family. Yeah. Yep. Mississippi leg hound. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. <laughs> Mississippi. <laughs> um, that night, it's Christmas Eve. Ellen's elderly relatives, Aunt Bethany and Uncle Lewis arrive. No, those are uh, Clark's. Because Our- Uncle Lewis is even in the um, old photos oh, he's the one that right. slaps clark's hand that's right those are clark's, clark's. mom comforts him. Okay. yeah so yeah um because because eddie and Catherine are on ellen's side the aunt and uncle are on his that's anyway right. okay yeah so bethany wrapped up her cat as a present um they <laughs> have a big christmas eve dinner with a turkey <laughs> turkey's a little dry that turkey is straight out of a horror movie. Oh, yeah. So gross. It looked like it the, was a Stan Winston effect. Yeah. You know, it was. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah. And Aunt Bethany um, says the blessing. The blessing. And of course, it's the Pledge of Allegiance. Grace died 30 years ago. Right. Yeah. Cousin Eddie's standing up and putting his hand over his <laughs> We were watching where you're like, is there really a difference? You know, you might as well get up and recite that. What's the fucking difference? Yeah. So is this, is this the movie that uh, inspired people to start saying amen after the Pledge of Allegiance? (laughs) Perhaps. (laughs) All those people that think Jesus wrote it. It's, (laughs) I don't know. Whenever I hear may the force be with you, I always think, and also with you. (laughs) (laughs) so yeah they uh, let's see the cat gets electrocuted by chewing through christmas lights um and then the cat's dead right oh yeah so dead 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 yeah then, if it had nine lives it used all of them up yes. yep and uh, eddie thinks the chair is salvageable <laughs> yeah do you mind clark um Uncle Lewis burns down the Christmas tree by lighting up a stogie near it. And it's dry because um, snots drank all the water out, as we saw earlier. Yeah, exactly. So the tree was extra dry. (laughs) Went up, yeah, went up like a match. Um, A delivery guy arrives. Delivery guy was (laughs) strangely funny. Hello, Mr. Grizz. (laughs) Here you go. No, uh, John Hughes writes delivery guys really well. Think of the pizza guy in Home Alone oh, yeah. <laughs> when he gets freaked out by that tape. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so and he feels so. Yeah. He he's so sincere and earnest when he feels bad. 
Yeah. It fell and I missed it and I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, he gives Clark his bonus. Clark tells the family about the pool and then opens the bonus, which was a big mistake. Yeah. And it's a membership to uh jelly of the month club or was it jam of the month club? Jelly. I think jelly. Jelly. I'd rather um, have jam and, personally, but you know, that's. And in every movie, Clark has to be pushed to his brink. Like there has to be an event that finally makes the mild mannered guy snap. Yeah. Pushes him <laughs> over the edge. The Wally world. And he goes on a tirade yes. of nonsensical insults. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he loses it. Freaks out, goes on a rant about his boss and um, how he'd like him to be brought there to, so he can tell him off. Eddie takes him at his word and heads out. Meanwhile, Clark goes outside I, to cut down a tree. I love the setup, though, of Eddie taking him completely literal. Yeah. And leaving and being out of the next couple of scenes. It's such a great way to establish that. Like things are getting a little bit better. Also, Eddie's thinking, oh, wait, that's a gift I can afford. Yeah. Yeah. No, and kidnapping is free. And Eddie legitimately. Oh, you're muted, Josh. Oh, he loves Clark legitimately and and wanted to give him something. Yeah. But what I said is essentially Eddie is Drax. Yeah. Huh. Everything is literal. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so Clark cuts down the tree from the front yard, I guess. Um, brings it inside and sets it up. But little does he know, there's a squirrel in the tree. <laughs> Hijinks ensue. <laughs> Everyone is terrified of squirrels. It's a, yeah, I was thinking, I've never been that scared of a squirrel. I had one get in my house, and, and it is a panicky situation. I wasn't necessarily afraid of the squirrel, but he was knocking everything over. Yeah, no, <laughs> I mean, around. don't get me wrong. <laughs> but, but yeah, they're fearful. I love Clark's mom, just dead on the, on the ground, just face down on the carpet. Just, mom, are you okay? <laughs> She's just laying on the carpet. One time, the, 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 the worst I ever... Um, the most panicked I've ever been over an animal like that is so we had a grape, a uh, little grape arbor thing in our yard in uh, Wisconsin. And it was next to a big tree. And uh, one night I came in and the uh, path from the street to our back door went right past it. I was walking and I heard some rustling. And I look up and there was a possum about two <laughs> feet from me. <laughs> And like I yelled, and the possum yelled, and we both went opposite <laughs> directions. Oh, nature! Yeah, <laughs> coming face to face with a possum is fucking freaky. Yeah, it, man. it's the unexpected element <laughs> well, more than the danger of the animal. And possums constantly have like 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 resting attack face. They're always yeah. just looking like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, all right. So, uh, let's see. Eddie arrives back at the house with Clark's boss. Um, the uh, he's confronted about canceling the Christmas bonuses. Uh, Frank—that's the name that of the character Brian Doyle Murray plays. Um, Frank Shirley. Yeah, Frank Shirley. Shirley. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Cl- Frank starts Dude. to feel bad about the bonuses. 
Meanwhile, Frank's wife calls the police and a SWAT team shows up at the Griswold house. And again, when CEOs were bad guys. Yes. Now we sort of worship them. But Weirdly, yes. Um, um, Shirley, Frank Shirley says he's going to give, he says, whatever bonus you got last year, add 20%. Yeah. And that's which now a makes, lot. which, yeah, makes Clark faint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if the deposit on the pool was seven thousand, then the pool itself has got to be yeah. So that bonus was hefty. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I've never gotten a Christmas bonus more than like a hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah, I've only right, gotten hundred dollars and a turkey from Clear Channel. But the dude's been there seventeen years, and he just like made an innovative product that didn't exist anywhere else, and you know his boss brought it to trade shows. So is he? And then he got jelly of the month. He's he like kind. Yeah, he works with a- additives, not preservatives. I think he must be some sort of have some sort of chemical. Or is he a manager of a chemical engineering oh, team? He invented that varnish. Okay, they so make he it is pretty clear. Yeah, I mean, he, he may be in charge of like engineer. his department. He may have a couple other chemists under him, mm-hmm. but I think he definitely has a background in chemistry. That's, I mean, yeah. he, he, he can afford those John Hughes, Chicago suburb houses. He like, makes, and Homer works in a nuclear power plant. Yeah, so. fair. yeah. And it's, it doesn't matter. You know, it's that idea of dad goes to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't really know what dad does. Exactly. <laughs> oh, what's funny is I have one of those jobs. <laughs> like, dude, yeah. like, I don't know. He does computer. Do things. you know what you do? <laughs> oh, yeah. What did they make at that factory? All you ever say is it's just a business factory. factory. Yeah. Oh, uh, so a yeah. business factory. Yeah. <laughs> I did big it. vats of business. Yeah. <laughs> I was at the business factory. I made a business. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, the SWAT team shows up uh, along with Helen. Um, they explain it was all a big misunderstanding. <laughs> Gotta love. <laughs> what SWAT team could be like? Ah, shucks. It happened well, at the end of the the, the wife when he admits that uh, he cut the bonuses. He's like, remember I was toying around with not giving bonuses. <laughs> She's like, no, you didn't. And then right, and then the uh, police chief like, I'd, if I had a rubber hose, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is hilarious. But when they say freeze, everyone literally freezes in the position they're in. Even Frank Shirley's facing the wrong way yes. and and of course ellen is holding clark's crotch for whatever and then goes back to it yes yeah. well and the swat team freezes too yeah yeah it's, it's you guys too. not you guys yeah that's great everyone takes the literal command yeah so um then ruby sue sees what she believes is santa in the sky um, but it's a satellite. Yeah. Um, oh, no, it was the light from the sewage treatment plant. That, yes. Uh, as Uncle Lewis points out, which reminds Clark right. that, oh, oh, the sewage. Also, I That's promise right. you, you cannot see that many stars in the Chicago, greater Chicago area. The tri-state area. Yeah. One of the tallest buildings in the world. Like, um, like you, it, it the the sky is a constant kind of like orangey haze at night. You will never see those stars. So then, like I was saying, Uncle Lewis blows, you know, causes an explosion, which makes the fucked up Santa and reindeer fly. Yeah, 
exactly. Um, yeah, so... Uh, and and Bethany, that's where... Uh, yeah, Bethany... Starts yeah. singing the Star Spangled Banner. And then again, everyone joins in, some with their hands on their heart. Yes. And then, of course, the most adorable, the play ball! You know, like, yeah. that's now a Christmas thing to me. Uh, so, yeah, and so Clark looks into the distance as credits roll, and he's... And sn- Snots, snots begs for attention. Yep, and he pets Snots. Yep, uh, that's that's it. That's Christmas Vacation. I love it. I think it works in every way it's trying to work. You know, I didn't get to watch this as a kid, uh, any of these movies. These were a little too edgy for my family, so I've only seen these, these as an adult. But thinking about watching this as a kid, it's interesting. Some of these jokes are a little extreme. I was I was I was already like a teen preteen age like when this one came out, so it wasn't one I watched as much. But the first two, as a kid, I watched a lot. Yeah, I'm more familiar with the first two for sure because those were movies I watched with friends because they were, you know, you could see yeah. boobs in them or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. No, I definitely watched the first two more. But this one I this one came in the rotation here and there it's it was it was it was a beloved one for me it's not like Vegas. my grandma loved it i watched it with her all the time um yeah it has a special place in my heart it's a fun christmas movie oh absolutely um yeah and i mean it's yeah it's it's still the third best in my opinion third best vacation movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, and i don't know you know i grew up with a fairly large family and not so much now but you know, it, I, I totally remember packs of relatives just invading the home for a holiday and, you know, having to sleep on the floor and shit like that because we, people got my bed. We, we were the relatives that went to the house. <laughs> yeah, I was often as well. Yeah, that's a good point. I remember Like, sleeping, I know that vibe. I remember sleeping in rumpus rooms, like, as a yep. kid, so quite a bit. Or the feeling as a kid of being excited. Oh, visitors. Come. Oh, I can't wait to see all them. And then instantaneously wanting them all to leave yeah. as a kid, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, Just, yeah, Eddie, Eddie reveals they're staying for a month. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, it's at least a month. He doesn't have any, anything to go yeah. home to, really. He lost his house. Yeah. yeah. So. Did they steal that RV? No, no, he traded it for the house. Oh, I thought he stole it when the house got uh, taken. Yeah, I mean, the house was taken. He just doesn't say that, but you know it was. Yeah. And who knows, you know, maybe somebody... Because he might be dumb, but I don't think he's dumb enough to trade his RV for a yeah. brick and house. No, he didn't. But I think he's dumb enough to steal the guy who's evicting him to steal his RV. Yeah, I guess it's... It's a little unclear. It seemed like that was definitely all he had left, but yeah. Oh, he did still have the worm farm, he mentioned. That's right, the worm farm. Yeah, I remember that. But not the house. Yeah. 50 square feet, <laughs> which is not a lot. That's not big. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Christmas vacation. Yeah, in the, in the, yeah, so let's rank it. It's number three, right, in the vacation. Yeah, that's right. Uh, which I we may get to the rest of vacation movies at some point. It is a series. We'll pop this baby back into the into the feed if we ever do, or, or even do National Lampoon movies. You know? Yeah, yeah. There's a number of National Lampoon movies that are that are. Which, like Brian said, you know, 
If you were younger, you might not have noticed it, but just just seeing National Lampoons, we knew it was going to be a little, you know. It was going to be R. It was going to be a pretty hard R there. I mean, yeah, I grew up sneaking that magazine and reading National Lampoons a lot. Like, so you you knew it was going to be a little racist. Yeah, yeah, you knew that for especially the '70s and early '80s ones, there was there was going to be some stuff that uh, that that's considered rapey now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for sure. But um, yeah. And on that note. Yeah, on that note, Christmas. I love it. Any final thoughts, guys? No, I'm good. That that was fun. Yeah, yeah. I'll always love Christmas Vacation. I always love all the vacation movies, except for the one with Ed Helms. Um, so. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. There was a uh, Ed plays Rusty. Brian's looking confused. Ed Helms plays Rusty. And it was like a soft reboot. And oh. Rusty and his 2006, family. 2016? Yeah. Rusty and his yeah, family it, go on vacation, and Chevy and Beverly D'Angelo have a cameo in the beginning. A cameo. Yeah. Why does that exist? That's dumb. They were trying to uh, reboot the series. I guess the wife Monty. was Christina Applegate. Yeah. And there was one where, like, Eddie got trapped on a deserted island. Oh, that's right. There was a Cousin Eddie spinoff one. I forgot about that. And I, and I do like Vegas vacation. I the um the low rent casino they go to, with games like Guess the Number, <laughs> yeah. or like no, no. All Under the Cup. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I talk shit about Vegas vacation, but it's not bad. It's still like a Nick, decently Nick funny Papa Giorgio. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not like the first three, but it's it's not terrible. Um, no, it's Yeah. So, all right. That's it for your Christmas vacation, which means it's time to decide what next week's Christmas movie is. And Al is going to be the one who tells us what it is. I am. Um, and uh, a, a bit of a departure from uh, what we've seen for the first two offerings. Um, I'm going to go with Edward Scissorhands. Ooh. Nice. I can fuck with that for sure. Fuck yeah. Edward Scissorhands. Nice. I was briefly considering Nightmare Before Christmas, but I didn't. That's that's not the one I'm going to do. Wait, can we watch the foreign parody? Edward Dildohands? It's out there. <laughs> yes. I have it on cassette and DVD. <laughs> on cassette. I hope it's Laser audio disc. cassette. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a book on tape. I buy it in any format I can find. <laughs> a book on tape. You, you could even watch the uh, Kramer version, Edward Shoehorn Hands. <laughs> Uh, uh, Edward Scissorhands that will be next week's movie so until then thanks for hanging out with us on Holiday Phosphorescence this has been your host Thoreau Smiley and I'm just wondering if I can get you some eggnog or drive you out to the middle of nowhere and leave you for dead (laughs) I'm good Clark Um, I'm Josh Cece and Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Kiss my ass, kiss his ass, kiss your ass. Happy Hanukkah. I'm Brian Lesh, and I think it'd be best if everyone just went home before anything got worse. (laughs) I'm Alaric Weber, and I got you three a subscription to the Movie Podcast of the Month Club at Harmless Entertainment. Aw, shucks, yes, Al. I hope it's ours. Are you putting money in your own pocket, Al? You're actually losing money because Patreon his takes a cut. Pa- <laughs> his own patronage. Uh, we'll see you next I, I basically got you something you already have. <laughs> That's free real estate. I want to have an old school PBS telephone. 
<laughs> where we stay up for 48 hours. In front of Jerry Rory. Lewis on the horn. Yeah, yeah, just random acts that we find around town, jugglers and whatnot. Have like, like, like some footage of Yanni playing at the Parthenon. <laughs> Couple of right, mimes. Yeah. Here's what you are missing. Yeah. Art Garfunkel. <laughs> <laughs> just Art Garfunkel. <laughs> like, are you gonna sing? No, 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 no. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do my one man show. Oh, brought to you by the Carnegie. Called Garfunkel and Funkel. Um, all right, that's it. Thanks, everybody. Right. We'll see you next time. Bye. All right.